Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Toyo Open Country AT3. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A A podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first Listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a glorious Monday morning. Thank you for joining us for week three of the Straight Fire podcast. I'm a little worried that this may be the best episode we've had. I don't know if that's possible yet. I mean, we've had some pretty darn good episodes, but so much happened in the sports world Sunday, particularly the NBA. I want to obviously thank you guys for following me on the best bet. Now five and two after Friday night's win. And also for subscribing, rating, and reviewing. Remember, this is the week we want to get to 100. And at that point, Rob G. and I will come up with something to uh, thank the listeners who give the most creative comments on iTunes and Spotify. Remember, tell all your friends. All right, let's get down to the good stuff. Um, I figured we'd start with the Raptors. (laughs) Just a little humor on a Monday morning. Raptors beat the Nets. Nobody cares. Nobody does, except for the city of Toronto. But we have to start with Luka Doncic. And I don't know, guys. I've been an NBA fan for a long, long time. And as far as I know, in the last 40 years, I count four seminal NBA playoff performances. Four. That's it. And before anybody scrambles to look up the dictionary, uh, what is seminal, Jason? Highly influential in an original way. 
four seminal playoff performances. Luka Doncic's Sunday was the fourth. That's how good it was. What he did to the Clippers, going for, well, let me look at this, 43 points. 17 rebounds, 13 assists. The game-winning step-back three over Reggie Jackson, which is comical that Reggie Jackson found himself guarding Luka Doncic. Multiple times, by the way, late in that game. So four performances, and Luka's right there. The other three, I'll buzz through them quickly. Number one, Magic Johnson at 20 years old in 1980. Okay, Fills in for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar at center. Jabbar was injured. My dad's favorite player, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Magic had 42 15 and 7. As a rookie, that 76ers team, by the way, had Daryl Dawkins, Chocolate Thunder, and Julius Irving. Magic and the Lakers win. Second seminal performance NBA playoff history last 40 years Michael Jordan, 63 in the Boston Garden, overtime loss. Now, that's the only of these four games where the performer lost, but that was the game afterward where Larry Bird goes, that was God disguised as Michael Jordan. Jordan hung 63 on the Celtics, who were in the midst of, like, you know, their 80s dynasty, and nobody could guard Jordan. Just cooked everybody who stepped up. And Michael Jordan arrived on that day. We knew he was good, and he was winning dunk contests and all that fun stuff. That was when it was like, whoa, this dude's going to take over the league. He is going to wreck the league. And, you know, four years later, he started that amazing run with the championships. Okay? So Magic won. Jordan 2, and LeBron James was my third. He was 22 years old in 2007. He was going up against the Pistons, who you remember had ended the Kobe Shaq run. And then they, uh, three years later, they were a little older, but as memory serves, that Pistons team was the number one seed. LeBron went for 48 points. Had the final 25 points for the Cavs. And that night, I'm watching that game just in awe. He's a 22-year-old. I'm like, what's going on? Who is this guy? I mean, is he that good? We knew he was awesome coming into the league. But LeBron taking down a a team full of champions, scoring 25 straight points to end the game. He just willed them to victory. Mesmerizing performance. What we saw from Luka on Sunday, guys, that's in the realm of Magic, Michael, and LeBron. And I'm not even exaggerating. There's no way around it. What Luca did on that, and let's not even forget, okay, game three, he has to leave in the fourth quarter with an ankle injury. Hobbled off the court, iced up, ice up, son. And he didn't have Porzingis, their second best player. I, it's still really unexplained how Porzingis could go for 34 points in game three, and then he's hurt and out in the next game, some, some knee injury. And, and I'm just in awe. I don't care if Luca doesn't win this series. It, they're not expected to. And I know what you're going to say, Jason, come on. Come on, Magic took down a a championship-worthy Hall of Fame team with that Sixers group. Okay? LeBron, that Pistons team, they won a title. Michael took down Larry's Celtic. And Michael lost that game, by the way. Luka, who's he beating on the Clippers? Oh, I don't know, the team that was favored for a large chunk of the season to win the title? To a team that... Oh, I don't know. When the season started, everybody was saying, oh, is this the greatest team since Michael Jordan's Bulls? I'm not even making that up. That's seriously, I put the graphic on my Instagram. Like, people were making, oh, look at this, Paul George, Kawhi, Montrezl Hill, this team is stacked. The LA Bulls, they were, they were, seriously, that was the hype for this team. And Luka just took them apart. And now we've come to the portion of the program where I need to just take a dump 
on Paul George. I know Rob G loves to just smash Paul George because he's a gigantic playoff fraud. And I like Paul George. I'm serious. I really do like him. I wanted him to go to the Lakers. But, of course, he wanted to team up with Kawhi Leonard. And now Kawhi looks kind of like an idiot, right? I mean, it was like, hey, do you want to come play with Anthony Davis and LeBron and totally dominate the league and be like a massive super team? No, no, no. I, I just want to, I want Paul George to run with me. <laughs> and Paul George now, I got the numbers. Are you ready? Paul George, who has been an abomination, averaging 15 a game through four, shooting 27%, 20% from three. His points have gone down every game, 27, 14, 11, 9. He was invisible, invisible in game four. Lou Williams was like an offensive machine. Problem with Lou Williams is the Mavs just matchup hunt him every single time down the court. Now, Rob G., I'm going to bring you in here. But first, I, I, I've watched the final few minutes several times. I've watched the final play at least a dozen. I showed it to my kids. And then I went out and started shooting baskets Sunday night. I just needed to. I mean, just to, I, I watched Luca, just all his moves. I'm just like dribbling between my legs, doing all this nerdy stuff. This is, I'm a nerdy basketball fan. Okay. Th by the way, quick note. It was so hot in Los Angeles this weekend. And we don't have air conditioning. I convinced the wife. Uh, well, you know, the wife kind of convinced me. Let's get out of our house, go to a hotel where there's air conditioning. Our first hotel stayed during the pandemic. So we went to Santa Monica. It's kind of nearby, 10 miles. And I'm watching the game on my phone at the pool. Of course, I got to watch this. And I'm like, this is crazy. And my phone's running low. You know, the battery's like low. I'm like, I got to go up to the room. I'm out. Sorry. And I go up to the room and like, it was just madness. I, I was just in the room just screaming when this is going down. I'm a big sports fan. This is what I do. And watching the Clippers choke was just so much fun. Rob G, how on earth does Kawhi not get totally trashed for just going off the screen on the final play when Luca, we knew he was getting the ball and he just switched onto Maxi Kleber, who was a big decoy. I don't know, uh, Rob G, uh, how are we not crushing Kawhi Leonard? I know Paul George is getting hammered, but Kawhi deserves a lot of blame here. I feel like you've been reading my, my Twitter. That's what I feel like, because that's exactly the question that I put out yes, on a Sunday evening. Kawhi Leonard, and he was great, you know, 32 points, nine rebounds, four assists. He was what Kawhi is. But it's not like he didn't have help. Like you said, Lou Williams at 36. Reggie Jackson, for all of his faults, had 14 off the bench. Zubas had 15. So it's not like guys didn't go with him. The only one who didn't really show up at all was Paul George. And somehow, Kawhi Leonard escapes complete criticism after blowing a 20-point lead and refusing to stick on Luka at the seminal moment of the game. I don't understand how he can, on one hand, by our good friend Colin Cowherd, friend of the show, can possibly be top five all-time with another championship <laughs> while also not being good enough to wear a loss like this on his shoulders as the leader and the best player on the team. I don't get it. Yeah. Paul. I mean, Paul George is playing awful. There's no doubt about that. And listen, they can easily bounce back and win the next uh, next game. But this series is 2-2. And if Porzingis comes back, and you got to wonder how shook the Clippers are. I mean, defensively, they're giving up a buck 25, a buck 30 without Patrick Beverly. I know he's a dog, and I, my guy Chris Broussard loves to say the Clippers got all these dogs. I mean, you want a dog like Marcus Morris is a dog. He can't guard anybody. Montrez Harrell shrinking under Bond villain Boban. 
By the way, fun note. I was eating dinner with my family pre-pandemic, and Boban was, like, walking around. And my kids are like, oh, my gosh, look at that guy. Who He must be in the circus. And I was like, no, no, that's this guy on the Clippers, Boban. He's a, he's a giant. And, of course, that was, you know, when Boban was on the Clippers. Now he plays for the Mavs. And, I mean, he is literally just turning around and dunking on Montrezl Harrell. I mean, Rob G., I keep hearing about the dogs in Marcus Morris and Montrezl Harrell and Kawhi and Paul George. I'm not seeing it. I was so upset yesterday after the game because the first thing I wanted to do, because you know I produced the Odd Couple Chris Broussard, Rob Parker, weeknight 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Did Fox not Sports know Radio. That. I didn't know that. Shameless plug. But Chris specifically has said all season the difference between the Lakers and the Clippers is the Clippers have all these dogs in them. And last game in particular— they look like poodles. They don't look anything like these German Shepherd pit bulls I've been led to believe. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to call him out and clown Chris Broussard so bad for what he's been saying. But the problem is, is that he's also said that Luka Doncic has like top 10 all-time potential. So he covered his bases on both sides. So yes, if I talk course. to him about the Clippers, he'd be like, well, I told you Luka can do this. So it's kind of frustrating because <laughs> I really wanted to get into him, but it's just, it's just, it and really listen, bothered uh, me on a personal level. I don't want to say... Only Luca was responsible for this win. It's not just that a 21-year-old European kid is destroying and eviscerating this allegedly great defense. Um, let me give a shout-out to Seth Curry, who was pretty great again. Seth Curry's story, by the way, is great. Undrafted in 2013. He's been on six different NBA teams. I don't see how he's not a major contributor everywhere in the league. This kid can play. And how about Trey Burke? Trey Burke had 25 points in the spot start for Porzingis. He's going to get a big money deal next year, by the way, folks. Trey Trey Burke's going to get paid. In 2018, he was on the Westchester Knicks. That's an NBA G League team. I mean, this guy was a lottery pick back in the day. Bounced around teams, the G League, and he just hung 25 on the alleged dog clippers. I'm stunned at this development. Like... The, the, the Clippers are just a total embarrassment. By the way, guys, if they lose, oh my, if they lose this year, I don't even, I, I need to start to prepare mentally if the Clippers lose this year. I'll be just so geeked. All right, we've 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 done enough hammering of the Clippers. Well, well real quick, Jason, great, if I bet, I'm going to cut you off. But yeah, real yeah. quick, can I just pour one out for all the Doc Rivers apologists who have been telling me for years that he's this oh, great coach, <laughs> you know, discounting the fact that I think I could, I could be wrong, but I'm almost positive I'm right. He has two separate 19-game losing streaks on his record. <laughs> and he also is the one of the originators of the blue a 3-1 lead with the Chris Paul Lob City Clippers against Houston. That's right. But I've been told he's this great coach and he's the you know the difference maker for the Clippers. Rick Carlisle is coaching circles around him in this series. Yeah. I mean it, at the end of regulation on Sunday. Basically, the Clippers had like 18 seconds with the ball, and it was Kawhi pounding, pounding, and then he took like a 20-foot fadeaway fadeaway jumper for the win. Like, what kind of play is that? Doc Rivers, let's be real here, guys. And I said this about Kevin Garnett, uh, Paul Pierce. Like, seriously, if you don't put to, if Danny Ainge doesn't put together a dream team with KG, Pierce, Ray Allen, they, he, they, none of those guys have titles. They put together a dream team to stop LeBron, and that's for another podcast, but... I mean, other than that great team assembled by Danny Ainge, like, Doc Rivers, I, I don't see it. Now, he's very well-liked in L.A. He's a super nice guy, apparently. Uh, very popular among the media. Knows how to play that game. So he's he gets a lot of passes. But you're right. Not only no do they have rings, it. half of those guys don't have jobs. I, yeah, mean, I like Kendrick Perkins, but he's not an NBA analyst with that, with oh, that ring. Get out of here. 
Paul Pierce uh, probably is doing like a local Kansas Jayhawks game <laughs> if he doesn't have that ring. All right, briefly elsewhere Sunday, as I said, Raptors took down the Nets. Um, guys, I, on, on my Saturday radio show last July, I did this fun rant blasting the Raptors because Kawhi was leaving and Danny Green was leaving. And I said, it's back to the basement, back to the cellar. Nobody cares about the Raptors. And it was funny. Um, and of course, they're not in the basement. The Raptors are now in the second round. And I swear, every time they do something good, 10-game winning streak, somebody in Canada pops that. And my Instagram and Twitter is just flooded with responses. And the video's got like 800,000 views, which is, I I, want to get it to a million. Let's do that. So I think I'm going to have to have a guest from Toronto. I, I keep going on these Toronto radio shows because, you know, people love to call in and just crush me. Oh, he was so wrong. Yeah. The Raptors are going to face the Celtics. I'm not giving away my pick now. The season, uh, the series starts Thursday. Um, just for point of reference, Celtics did, you know, ding them up a little bit in the regular season. Beat them three and one. Uh, obviously, Boston has no margin for error without Gordon Hayward. But the only Raptors advantage is the bench. We will talk about that series much later uh, in the week. Uh, and quickly elsewhere Sunday. And I know there's some people out there. Jason, when are you guys going to do NFL? And before I get to the Nuggets jazz breakdown, like, let's be realistic. There's no NFL games. Did you see the news that there were 77 false positive NFL COVID tests over the weekend? Like, that's where we are in the NFL. There's no games to talk about. Hard Knocks is boring. Uh, I can't get into Antonio Brown maybe getting a look. I mean, obviously, the Earl Thomas release from the Ravens is a big story. But we're talking about a guy who's over 30 um, he, his big, his big claim to fame outside of being part of the Legion of Boom was that he was in an orgy this summer with his brother during a national pandemic. Earl Thomas ditches his wife, gets some Instagram chicks and his brother and they have an orgy. And then Earl Thomas's wife shows up with a gun and puts a gun on him. <laughs> like that's the big story right now with Earl Thomas. I personally think that's hilarious. It's one of the top five sports wacky off the court off the field stories of the year and then Earl Thomas went to Ravens camp this week I guess he was running his mouth again and got in a fight with a teammate and like the rest of the team was like yo we don't want this guy in the locker room (laughs) he's a hall of famer no doubt but he's a problem okay so that's the biggest story in the NFL so we're gonna do plenty of NFL right now it's just the NBA is hot and we do hot stories on here hence the title straight fire okay real quick um Okay, first of all, 76ers are eliminated. I'm sure we'll get into that more later in the week. Actually, we have a guest coming up, Rick Buecher, the great Rick Buecher, who we'll talk to about a little 76ers action. Who do you trade? But I just want to say real quick, Nuggets Jazz. And I don't know if you feel the same way, Rob G, but like on the surface, I wouldn't really care about this series. And then you turn on a game and watch for like five minutes. And guys, the ability of guys to make shots in this league is off the charts. I know people want to say the NBA is like too much scoring, no defense. It's not just like there's layups. You've got like Jamal Murray, who's not even a top 25 player in the league. He went for 50 on Sunday night. Donovan Mitchell had, I think, 51. I mean, yeah, like these are guys who are not superstars and they're dropping 50 because they don't miss. The shot making in the NBA right now is incredible. The Raptors scored 150 on Sunday. 150. 
I mean, I loved 80s basketball. I grew up watching Magic and Larry. I was a Magic guy, obviously. And Jordan. And basketball in the 80s was great. Basketball in the 90s was a little more rugged and, you know, 90-point scoring games because they let people tackle one another and a lot of fights. The the shot making in the NBA right now is absurd. Even if you don't love the NBA and you're just listening to this because you like me, I'm a you like the cut of my jib. I'm kind of funny. Uh, I, I put things in perspective. Whatever. Just watch, okay, Monday. Night. Just watch a little bit tonight and let me know. Holy cow! The level of bat. The, the guys are really good. And Nuggets Jazz was fun. D- Jamal Murray hit a three at the buzzer for the cover. I didn't give it out here, but I did bet it in-game because I was down thanks to the Clippers' loss. But that's neither here nor there. Guys, coming up next, we got a great interview. I'm talking to Rick Buecher. He's FS1. He's Bleacher. He does a podcast. He used to work at ESPN. He's got more jobs than I do. He knows the NBA well. We'll talk to Rick Buecher right after this. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Michelin tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Michelin test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. 
Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports. I know what sports fans want. But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does. Let's just say, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. All right, I'd like to welcome in a special guest to Straight Fire, the great NBA veteran reporter. He's on TV He's got a podcast. He writes. I like to think I have a lot of jobs, but Rick Buecher has me beat. The great Rick Buecher. How are you, Rick? Uh, I'm doing well. How are you, Jason? Yeah, I'm enjoying the NBA playoffs, that's for sure. sure. Uh, we will get to uh, Sunday's recap shortly, but I want to start with the big game tonight. Lakers trying to take a 3-1 lead against Portland. You know, when Portland took that 1-0 lead, there was some consternation among the Laker fan base, Rick. Mm-hmm. And now everything seems to be okay. Hey, LeBron's playing great. Anthony Davis is showing up. KCP's making shots. Uh, are the Lakers finally starting to look like the championship contender that many think they are I don't know that they're looking like a championship contender they are looking like a team that should beat the trailblazers and that there was some real question about that after game one and the way game one went but I'm still seeing a lot of things that would worry me as far as their ability to 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 win a championship their transition defense is really lazy they uh, are still giving up a lot of uh, straight line drives to a team that certainly has great ball handlers, but there's a size disadvantage. To me, there's just some things that they're going to need to tighten up and they're going to have to be more efficient with if, if we're talking about winning a championship. The other thing that concerns me is that it's requiring a lot of energy from LeBron James. They don't play well unless LeBron James plays well. And it's been my contention if you look at some of the other teams that are vying for a championship, their best player doesn't, can, doesn't, can't play poorly, but there are other guys who can pick up the slack and can play big and play big at the end of games and win games. We've seen everybody's like knocking Paul George for the fact that he's been up and down. And yet the Clippers continue to play well without because Kawhi Leonard's playing well. Uh, they're they're getting contributions from a lot of different places. And that, to me, is the biggest concern with the Lakers is 
are you going to get enough guys contributing on a regular basis if we're talking about winning a championship? Not beating the Blazers, but winning a championship. Okay, okay, I jumped ahead. Uh, championship, let's back up to the second round. Assuming okay. they get by the Blazers. Um, you know, they've really struggled containing Lillard and McCollum, one of the best backcourts in the league. They're going to face another pretty good backcourt duo next round, assuming James Harden and Russell Westbrook, well, James Harden by himself, puts away OKC. Um, I don't know. I, I, I keep thinking that the Rockets are way more dangerous than Portland and maybe even more dangerous to the Lakers than the Clippers because for whatever reason, Frank Vogel loves the big double centers and Anthony Davis hates to play the five. Yeah. The Rockets pose a significant threat. That's accurate, right? I, I'm i going to say yes, and I didn't always feel that way. I, I, I wondered whether they could survive. And I still, I guess the question still remains when you ask so much of one guy in James Harden, can he give it to you night in, night out, as the competition increases and as the playoffs go on, can he maintain this? That is the biggest question that I have. But the way they've been able to function, playing super small, uh, and the way that they're – I mean, Ben McLemore is, 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 is hitting open threes. P.J. Tucker, as we know, is the king of the corner three. Uh, just watching them against OKC. Like, OKC hasn't played poorly, but nobody shoots the three like Houston does. And so even when you're being efficient in your half-court sets as a bigger team and you're getting to the cup or you're getting it to your big and Steven Adams is score- scoring, he's scoring, you go to the other end, and somebody's hitting a wide-open three. And you've, you're, you think you've done well, but you have lost in the exchange three to two. And I think there's a pressure that comes with that to start shooting threes the way Houston shoots threes to, to keep pace. And as a result, you end up doing something that they're ultimately better at. Yeah. And so we saw OKC struggle with that. That's a great point. They fell into the three-point shooting yep. uh, in, in game three. But, Rick, let me I, I don't want to say that the Rockets are a lock to get by OKC because I wonder, in that overtime, for the first time in the bubble, Harden looked a little bit tired. Uh-huh. He did take 27 shots. He missed uh, 15 of them, fouled out. He looked a little gassed, and OKC went small. I mean, it would be huge for the Lakers, obviously, if they beat Portland 4-1 and OKC is able to push Houston. But do you think that the Lakers have enough to get by the Rockets in the second round? Uh, yes, I do believe that they have enough, but they are going to have to play a lot harder, more consistently than they have. And what's really interesting, this is one of the elements that I'm watching, is everybody has these, first of all, Alex Caruso became like a regular season hero, right? And people have high expectations for Kyle Kuzma because of his athleticism, right? He's kind of the the young gun uh, among the, the, the top players with the, with the Lakers. He compensates for what is otherwise a very old team, right? But as the play, like Alex Caruso is, is being exposed as, oh, he's a really nice regular season player. <laughs> but now you get to the playoffs and now you have to be efficient or now you're not getting those calls or now you, they have to lean on him a little harder to make – plays in big spots and now you're not seeing it 
You're not, you're not seeing the same thing. And Kyle Kuzma's erratic decision-making, like suddenly you go, Ooh, that's like, that hurt. It, it, yeah. it just, the expectations and the, the level of play goes up another level. And those guys who look good in the regular season, cause you could kind of get, get away with their mistakes and you could glorify their successes. Now the successes you have to have, that has to be part of the equation and you got to be able to get rid of some of those, those mistakes. And, and so that's, that's where I'm concerned is you're relying on guys in Kuzma and Caruso. I mean, it's, I'm not making this up, right? If you look at them, you're expecting contributions, Jason. You're expecting those guys to contribute in some significant way, right? Eh, kind of. I mean, Caruso was solid in game three. He was <laughs> forgettable in the first two games. He had 10.7 assists in that game three win, but I think that's probably exceeding what you're saying the Lakers should expect. So, so, so here's the thing. So you have Danny Green, you have KCP, you have <laughs> Kyle Kuzma, and you, uh, uh, and you have Alex Caruso. Like you have to have at least two of those guys show up every game, right? At least yeah. two. At least two. Are you confident that you're going to get something out of two out of the four mm. every game? I mean, I, I, Rick, I'm hopeful that Rondo's back spasms, uh, you know, subside and he's able to chip in because I think him as a secondary ball handler uh, would be massive. It and helps. then Deion Waiters. I don't know what's going on with Deion Waiters. He's somehow... Uh, fallen out of favor with Frank Vogel. I mean, he's behind J.R. Smith in the rotation. I don't. Have you heard anything as to what Waiters did or said that's got him kind of in the doghouse? I, I, I don't. I don't know that it's anything that Waiters did. I, I, I honestly, I feel like they needed to get J.R. Smith into shape, and mm. then to see what he has. I mean, you're seeing the same thing with the Clippers. They started Reggie Jackson. They started Landry Shamit. I was really amazed. I was like. Why is Doc still playing Landry Shamit? He was so bad in the bubble. He could yes. not hit a three. He could not hit a three. He had wide open threes that he was missing left and right. And I'm like, at some point, don't you have to put this guy on the shelf? <laughs> but I think what, the, what, what coaches are doing is they're looking at the fact that this schedule where you're playing every other day without a break and you're playing playoff level basketball, it's like, they're trying to protect guys from getting hurt, having to play at this level this frequently with the relatively short run-up. So it's like, you know what? I'm going to continue to go into my bench. I'm going to continue to try to milk minutes from different places. And when we get to a place where the series is 2-2 or 3-2 or we're, we're, we're in a need situation, then I'll tighten up my 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 rotation. But for now, it's like, I need to just be able to utilize everybody so that I'm not putting too much stress on any one player. And we saw that with the Clippers on Sunday, right? Porzingis had 34 in game two. Uh, sorry, game three it was great. And then he couldn't go, uh, you know, in game four because of knee soreness. And I wonder, you're right, if you're onto something with the injuries. Uh, Rick, let's quickly move on to a team Sunday that, you know, they had the loss of Ben Simmons 
and they never looked right. You could argue they never were in a game really against the Celtics. I mean, they had a couple moments here and there, but, uh, you know, we, we were kind of early on this, Rick, last week. We said, like, listen, the process is over. Mm. You're going to have to look at dusting Brett Brown. I think Elton Brand is going to face some scrutiny here for the contracts he gave out like candy last summer. Uh, I'll, I'll start you off big picture here. Where do you go from here if you're the Sixers? You got swept by the Celtics. Who goes, who stays, and who do you put on the trade block? Well, the difficulty is, what can you get back for Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid at this point that's going to be that's going to make, make you appreciably better? First of all, they have huge contracts. And now not one, but both of them have injury questions. So, like, if I'm another team, the talent, yeah, I, like, I, I, I could see wanting either guy. But – is either am I giving away healthy pieces for these guys? I mean, let's let's flip it around. I'm a GM who acquires Joel Embiid, and then he gets hurt. I might as well just hand in my retire my my resignation, right? <laughs> and because I can't go, well, I didn't see that coming. Or or Ben Simmons at this point, like the the in, the patella tendon injury that he has, the back injury. These are not like rolled ankles. These aren't like torn meniscus. These aren't stand. These are the kind of injuries that raise red flags as far as having long-term issues. So honestly, I, you know, the, the, the easiest thing is to change out the coach. I would fully expect that that, 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 that that's going to happen at this point, but because, but it's, and it's not so much that Brett Brown, couldn't coach them. It's that now you need to turn the responsibility on Ben and Joel and say, look, all right, coach is gone. We got a new coach. You guys need to show that that was the problem and that you're not the problem. <laughs> I, I, on, on one hand, when it comes to Elton Brand, I love the fact that he decided, you know what? Everybody's playing small we're going to go the other direction. Yeah. We're going to go big and we're going to, we're going to beat people up and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to zig when everybody zags. I, I, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I think that's, I, I get it. It's kind of the way they did it. Like Al Horford giving him that kind of money at his age. Yeah. If he was a big and he was 27 and you still had that, that like he had that market value. But moving Al at this point, like, who's taking on that money? Well, Especially with the that. salary cap potentially going down. They, they just uh, so hit themselves into a corner. How about this? If you're the Atlanta Hawks, I think you had the youngest team in the league. You have no veteran presence in that locker room. You have a ton of salary cap space. Obviously, you don't want to take on a bad contract. But, it's Rick, it's not like the Hawks are luring any top-tier free agents there. So if you're Atlanta, do you consider – Al Horford as a potential mentor to the likes of Clint Capella, John Collins, uh, even a Trey Young, a DeAndre Hunter. Learn how to be a professional, how to show up for work every day, do the right thing. I mean, is that crazy to say? I'm sure Hawks fans would hate taking on a bad contract, but the reality is nobody's they're, they're not getting anybody to go there in free agency. Well, the Hawks, Any thoughts on that? The Hawks have seen Al Horford. As yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> right? He's on that 60-win team, yeah. And, well, and this is the tricky part when it comes to Al is that Al is the consummate professional. He is a lead by example guy, but he's not a voice in that locker mm. room. 
And he's, and, and there are times where that's what you need. And that's, that's the, that's the misnomer in, in thinking that Al is going to provide that. And honestly, it's what Philadelphia desperately needs. Like losing JJ Redick, losing Jimmy Butler, those were the veteran vocal guys in the locker room. And that's what they do not have. And the tricky part is, I don't know where they're going to get it. Al's not that. Tobias is not that. Joel is, is, is a goofy kid. He's still a goofy kid. He still plays like a goofy kid. Yeah, shows ben, up out of shape. You know? <laughs> ben doesn't hold anybody accountable. Like, he doesn't hold himself accountable. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's the heart of it. When you have a guy in Ben Simmons who has resisted developing a jump shot, when that is critical to the success of the team, and that's your leader, the excuse that gives everybody else when you go, hey, you listen, you got to do this. You got to develop this. You got to develop your left hand. You got to be able to, like, whatever it is, every guy's going to look at it and go, well, he's not. You're not making him do it, and he's more critical than I am. Like, it, it eats away at the fabric of your team when your best players, when Joel Embiid is not getting in, in premium shape, when Ben Simmons is not completing his, ta- his skill set. Like, this, that, the example that sets for the rest of your team is crushing – if you want to win a championship, there's just, there's the, like, you can blame Brett Brown all you want. When your two best players are setting that example, there is no chance of you winning a championship. I mean, double zero. Uh, Rick, I wish that that shot by Kawhi last year, that game seven buzzer beater, had not gone in. Because I would have loved to see what would have happened. Sixers, Bucks. We're right. We would have got Embiid versus Giannis. I, I love that Jimmy Butler wing with, uh, you know, J.J. Redick, as you said. Like, that would have been the series. It felt like that was the end of the process and then a bunch of clownish decisions well, uh, in and, the offseason. And, and that's the thing is, like, so say they go to the next level. Say they, say, they, say they play for a championship. Don't you think Philadelphia takes a completely different approach to the, to the offseason? I mean, it really oh, is. Yeah. Like, the, the direction of teams can change yeah. on, a, on a game like that. And you can go from this is what we could have been. I mean, and it's funny because I'm, 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 I'm working on a book with uh, Brian Grant, um, Oh, his yeah. memoir because he's, yeah. he's he's battling Parkinson's now. Oh, and he played on the Portland team that was really good and got stopped in its tracks by San Antonio with the miracle shot by Sean Elliott. Sean Elliott, yeah. And the San Antonio Spurs go on and they play the Knicks in the uh, in the finals. That eight seeded Knicks team that beat the yeah. Miami Heat in the lockout that- year. 99, maybe 99 San Antonio wins its first championship and totally different approach. Yeah. Portland loses and they, they move some pieces. They bring some veteran guys in like Steve Smith and, uh, and, and Scotty Pippen. And then they go for it and they lose the game seven to the Lakers and that, and the Lakers turn the corner and they become a championship team and the Blazers have to go back to the drawing board again. Uh, and, and it's like, you look at what 
you know, how close certain teams get to that point. They get to the top of the mountain and they can't take that last step. And then it's like, it's almost like it never happened. Okay, so that's perfect. Let me wrap up with this. So the Golden State Warriors, of course, were on track to win the title last year. Durant goes down, Clay goes down, they're a train wreck this year. They now got have the number two pick in the draft. But Rick, what's interesting to me is there's a lot of talk about this trade exception that they have, $17 million. Okay, they've got Draymond, Wiggins, Clay, Curry. I know we're in a pandemic and a lot of owners are stretched thin, but if I'm Curry and Clay and Draymond, I'm saying, hey, listen, we've got the core to make a run. Look at the West. Okay, LeBron and the Lakers look susceptible. Uh, you got a lot of teams that are on the come up. The West is going to be stacked next year. The Suns could be players. Let's make a go. Do you think the Warriors make any dramatic changes in terms of some kind of package of Wiggins in the number two or making a move on someone for the trade exception? Uh, you know, I know it, it It feels like the end for the Warriors, but I feel like their ownership is going to make one more play. I don't see it. Oh, goodness. It's and, and it's simply because, one, I don't know who you're going to get with the Wiggins draft pick package that is going to make them demonstrably better. Like, they're going to put them in that category. And the other part is, you need... You, you need that you need that rookie salary you know you need a good player on the rookie salary because they are very expensive they have a brand new arena that Joe Lake yeah. financed you're not you don't have any concerts in there you don't have any fans in there like they for as brilliant as they have been and as great as that was uh, financially to create that, they are hurting in the biggest way possible. So I just don't see where you go that. And quite honestly, now you're putting yourself in a position where your whole team is going to get old at the same time. You need, and they have no young players to develop on. Like I'm, I, I have to, I can't look at, I'm going to throw everything against the wall in order to get one last stab with Clay, Steph, and Dre. And then what? Then I hey, have what about Damian nothing. Lee, Rick, Jordan Poole, Eric Paschal? <laughs> no, they don't. They don't have. No, they. I mean, they. They haven't. <laughs> and, and and it's funny. I I just did this piece on T.J. Warren, sent to the Pacers for mm. cash considerations, and I was thinking, that's the guy that the Warriors needed to get. Oh, because he's a scorer. He can play that three-four position, but he's a scorer with a conscience. He's the kind of guy who can fill it up but he wants to play the right way. So he would have no problem. He has the same mindset as Steph and Clay and Dre, which is I want to play. Yes, I can score. Yeah, I can do my thing, but I want to play team basketball. And that's the kind, like if they were really light years ahead of everybody else, as Joe Lake once said, that's the guy that you find who is at that age and has that ability where you find that diamond in the rough. Yeah. And they missed on that. And and it's now it's like, now you'd be chasing the dragon. You're trying to like, trying to get something that I just don't think is there to be got. Yeah. All right. Rick Buecher, obviously follow him on social media, knows the NBA as well as anybody. Rick, thanks a lot for your time. Enjoy the rest of the playoffs. You got it, Jason. You too. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. 
I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Pirelli tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Pirelli test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferreira, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. 
The only thing better than sitting on your couch watching the game is making money while you do it. Here's your best bet. All right, best bet move to five and two Friday night with uh, a victory. And I've already forgotten what game it was. There's a million games over the weekend. Forgive me for that. I looked really hard at Houston bouncing back, uh, but I'm. I, let me just put the concern out there now. James Harden, for the first time, we know he's got some history of wearing down in the postseason. He's looked fresh throughout the bubble restart, but James Harden, late in that OKC game, looked a little tired. 27 shots, no rust to defer to. He did foul out, and um, shot selection wasn't great. I don't think I can ride Houston. I told you I'm done with the double-digit favorite, so obviously that rules out Milwaukee. I wanted to get cute and do a Portland first-half bet because I think that's their best bet. They uh, show up early in the first, or maybe first quarter. Lakers, those slow starts. But I'm going to ride my guys, the Miami Heat. I think if you're Indiana and you're now down, what is it, 3-0 in the series, it's like, what what are we doing here? I've been in the bubble for six, seven weeks. I get to go out and see my family. I'm sure guys are lining up some, uh, you know, some of these Instagram girls they like to date. They're already setting stuff up. Is the focus on Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero and Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo? I think Miami beats down Indiana. I also think Miami will watch what Milwaukee does to to Orlando and say, yo, we need an extra day off. We got to take them down. So give me the Miami Heat favored by six and a half over Indiana as my best bet for Monday night. All right, guys, thanks a lot for listening. Another show in the books. This one got a little long, but hey, Luca, as we said, historic stuff on Sunday. I can't wait. This week is just going to be awesome. Remember, tell all your friends, subscribe, rate, and review. And I do see all the tweets. I can't reply to all of them or the Instagram DMs, but trust me, I see them. Uh, as the show continues to gain steam and momentum, I'm just so excited and having a lot of fun, and I'm glad you guys are on board. We'll talk tomorrow. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast! podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at First first Listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. 
Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.